Hi, thanks for tuning in to Mental Health Musings, a podcast through the CSU Health Network. Every podcast focuses on a different topic pertaining to mental health and well-being. No two episodes are the same. Thanks for tuning in and remember to be kind to yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Mental Health Musings. I'm Stephanie Z. I use she, her, her pronouns, and I'll be your host. I'm really excited today. I have three guests to talk about our topic today, which is focusing on transition and re-entering, and we'll get more into that. But I first want to have my guests introduce themselves, so I will turn it over to them. Hi, everyone. My name is Mia. I use the She series, and I'm a second year here at CSU. Hi, everyone. My name is Sophie. I use the She series as well. I'm a third year here at CSU and I work in the cruise office. Hi, everyone. My name is Vivian and I use she, her pronouns and I work as the well-being initiatives manager at the CSU Health Network. I get to work with Stephanie and I get to work with some of our cruise peer mentors as well, like Sophie and Mia. I work at the Health Network as the coordinator of well-being and really lucky to surround myself with these individuals. So thank you so much for taking your, the time to record this episode with us. So let's get to it. Winter break is coming and I know we had fall breaks. We had about a week off and I know a lot of folks weren't at CSU. Some went back where families are. Some went traveling. I think with fall break, one week feels good, right? It's like we're, we went on vacation or we went away and then we come back. But with winter break, it's a little bit longer. So I think there can be a lull period. And I know from my own experience, when I was in college, the first time I went back to my parents' house from college for winter break, it was really difficult for me. I actually was... I don't know. I experienced a lot. I kind of some downs. And so I wanted to bring that up because it's this concept of kind of re-entering into another world in some way, another culture. So I was wondering if Sophie and Mia, can you maybe share some personal experiences you might have had with that about, you know, leaving and, you know, going back for a break? I definitely think that going home for a break is a huge transition. Of course, as a freshman, you have all this newfound independence that comes from being in college. And all of a sudden, you're back at home and you have two people who, well, I love my parents being reminded of, oh, did you put gas in the car? Make sure to bring a coat. Did you eat breakfast today? Little things like that that I I know I'm capable of remembering to do. I found that to be really difficult. It also created a really great community within CSU. And having to leave that was definitely really difficult for me. So I definitely understand um, the hardships that come from going home, but it's also a really great time to be able to go home and see your family, be in the town maybe that you grew up in. I know that's how it is for me. So it's totally situational. Um, It's going to be different for every person. Um, Going off of Sophie uh, for my first year, going back to winter break, going back home, it was very rough going back home. And that transition period, I got a job and because of all my newfound freedom here at CSU, I I had a little bit of depression going back home, you know, especially during the winter months. I told my mom, I was like, I can't be around anybody, you know, and she understood because she also deals with that. So I got a job to take my mind off of everything. And they aren't nitpicky about like what with what I do or how I run my life, you know, especially since I'm eight hours away from home. I can't go back home like every single weekend. So I was happy to be back home, but also just it was just a different world, I guess. 
And then I also came from like that small town mindset of like, you need to be away from that as well because I don't want to see people that I used to see because they're always going to ask like, what are you doing and stuff like that. And I don't know, it's just kind of a different aspect of what boundaries do I set going back home and what can I do to just get out of that bad kind of mind space going back home. Other than that, I I got out of it <laughs> and coming back home for this break, I am going into it a little bit different. I in a better mind space. I've grown so much. So what are you going to do differently? Do you still have that job? Yeah, I work with my dad, but I think I'm probably going to take it more easy and practice more self-care. Um, last year, I did not practice that at all. And this year, I don't do that as much as I should. That's what a lot of people don't focus on going into like the winter months especially going back home where your parents are like on your ass all the time. It's like, you should be doing this and doing this. Like Sophie said, it's, it's a lot. It takes a lot on you. And when you want that freedom, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And I'm glad you shared what you're going to do this year. That's differently. And Sophie, I know you're a fourth year, so you've had, you know, this will be your fourth winter break. Have you changed how, you know, leaving for winter break has been since year one to now? I will say it's definitely been a complete like change for me. My freshman year was that 2020 year. So my winter break was combined with my Thanksgiving break. And it was really long. It was like several months. I was home for a super long time. Um, all of the friends that I had made in college at that point were out of state friends. So I didn't even have that community back home with me. And I couldn't like drive to go visit them or anything like that. Um, so similarly to me, I found myself like, just like getting into like weird habits of just like kind of isolating myself and just like, not like going out and again, like taking care of myself. And I will say now that I'm no longer living in the dorms, I have my own apartment. I mean, being from Colorado, I'm from Evergreen, Colorado, which is about like an hour, hour and a half away from here. Um, so I don't go home for like the entire break. I'll just go home maybe for like a weekend and things like that. Um, and so that's definitely been really nice because I'll still have my own space, but I can see my own family and still have that time with them. But while still like feeling that sense of freedom that I get from living in my own apartment. And then it helps for me too that I am Jewish. And so a lot of our major holidays don't often fall over the winter break. This year, we're lucky and Hanukkah does fall over on winter break. It falls really close to Christmas this year. But like last year, I was doing Hanukkah over finals week. So for my family, it's less about the holidays and more about seeing each other. Um, so that's definitely been a big difference for me is just not only the time, but the ability to like go to and from Evergreen has been a big one. Yeah, because that's your home base, right? Your apartment that you've made for yourself. And when you need a break, you're able to kind of go back for a little bit and then come back to Evergreen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it also helps too. I have a really close relationship with both my parents. They understand the boundary of like, I now have several jobs on campus. I have these friends who aren't going home for the entire extended break. So I want to stay up there and see my friends. And it also helps too. My mom and my sister will sometimes come and stay with me in our apartment, which is super fun. We do like a little girl's sleepover, which is always a blast. So um, we've definitely found ways to still be together over the breaks, but still like respect each other's boundaries and like understanding that I'm now 20 years old. Um, as much as I love my parents, I don't, I don't want to go home necessarily and sleep in my childhood bedroom for a couple of weeks when I have my own bed to stay in and I have my own um, life kind of built up for me in Fort Collins. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mia, I want to touch back to what you said about you're being eight hours away. And it just reminds me of when I was in college a thousand years ago. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> uh, you know, not very recent. And uh, I also was eight hours away. And for me, my parents use that in the sense of like, you're far away. We don't see you. So when you come here, you know, we want you to be here is see you. Right? They said that with in so few words. And I mean, they would make me feel really bad. Like they'd be like, if I was going out with some friends and I went to college with a few of my very good high school friends. So it was, it was, you know, we were about to hang out at home anyway. Um, in my hometown, my parents would say something like, well, thanks for checking into the hotel. We'll see you at dinner tonight. And I was like, come on, you know, and, and they're just like, well, we don't see you. And, you know, in the seven days, we've only seen you like two days. And so I felt really torn because of course I want to see them. But I also, like you mentioned, this newfound freedom. I wanted to, you know, I was missing out on things I felt like. So it was just very, um, it was very hard. And I think culturally growing up in an Asian household, right, there's just an emphasis of like spending family time and you don't, that time of my life is past, right? But I think because I was so, I was still newly like graduated from high school. I think I was still like a kid to them. But there's this idea like things like holidays and stuff were centered on family. So, you know, the idea of like spending with friends or other people that wasn't right. Everything was centered on family. And so I don't know, it, it was hard and I felt very guilty not kind of feeling that squeeze of like, I don't really want to be here right now because I feel kind of down and like, mm -hmm. you know, I don't feel this, you know, like I, I'm missing my college time, but I also, you know, it was important to me to be with them. So yeah, I just, I don't know. And then I think I just felt so bad. It just really yeah, put me in a state of like, just this, I would say maybe temporary depression or what have you just feeling really like crappy of a break. Um, so I just wanted to kind of add to that. Vivian, I know like we had talked about kind of this topic of reentry, and I know you and I had conversations too about what's the prime amount of time you can stay, you know, at someone's place. But I'd love to hear from your own personal experience about, you know, leaving college for break and what that was like for you. Sure. I'd love to. Yeah. So I really appreciate what's already been shared because it's a variety of experiences that we have when we return home, depending on our family system, depending on the type of town we grew up in or community that we grew up in. So thank you so much, everyone, for sharing already in such a broad and deep way. So I, I just want to say a couple of things about reentry and sort of what some of the dynamics are. And then I'll talk about my own experience because it matches a little bit of what Stephanie experienced too. So one thing that happens with reentry is that we're returning to a, a place where people expect us to be a certain way. And we also expect others to be a certain way. And yet we've all grown and changed in significant ways. And you might not expect that because maybe it's just been four months, right? But like, you know, what was already mentioned, you know, you might have newfound autonomy, especially if you're a first year student and your parents might still be expecting that you're not as independent as you've actually become. And so some of that can actually be pretty irritating. And I think Mia and Sophie, you both sort of mentioned that a bit of, you know, what the expectations are that your parents might have of you. And that might also extend to your friends. Your friends might think that you're a certain way and you're not. And that can also be exacerbated if you're from a very small community. So Mia, you spoke about that too, where 
people expect you to kind of be the same because everybody in that small community has lived together for a really long time and they know what to expect for one another. And yet you've been in this college setting for, you know, four months, if you're a first year student, a couple of years, if you're, if you've been at CSU for a while and they, it might take folks a while to catch up on who you are. And so folks might be saying certain things to you that are not true. And they might be expecting certain things about you that are no longer true as well. And that can also provide some irritation. And because you've changed as a person, you might have different expectations for folks as well. And so that is just a lot of renegotiating the relationship and getting to know one another again, and also saying what's true for you now. And you both spoke to that really, really well around how do you work with your parents? Um, And sometimes we also have to do that with our friends too. The other thing I just want to mention, um, because this was my experience, is um, I'm from an immigrant family. And so I had a certain role in the family to take care of my family. So when I went back home from college, like I was placed in that role immediately again. And I had had gotten a break from that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have so much responsibility now, whether it was for my elders or whether it was for younger members of the family. And so that might be some of our situations as well, is that when we step back into our families, they're going to expect us to do certain things for them. And we haven't actually been doing that for a while. And so that might be quite an adjustment. And it also might be a renegotiating, you know, like you said, you all said, you know, you want to spend time with your friends, as did I, Um, you want to maybe spend time with your newfound independence, like doing things on your own, coming home late, and your family might be like, wait a minute, what are you doing coming home at two in the morning? We're not used to you being an adult and doing that. So all of that is quite an adjustment. So I'll stop there and see um, how we might want to continue this conversation. Just going off of that, my going back into that role, I have three younger siblings and my parents did expect me to jump back into that role a little bit. My sister comes to CSU now too. I came in and when I went back during break, I kind of was expected to take on that more older sister role again. So I was doing a lot of more helping out and I was already so burnt out, you know, that burnt out role. And I was like, no, I can't do this. You know, I know a lot of people can't even go home, you know, because, you know, families aren't supportive of mm-hmm. their identities too, or stuff like that. I know a lot of my friends can't go home because of that. So, yeah, I'm so glad you said that because I was going to mention that too, that there's even this concept of going home, like what is home, right? Um, I know that's a can be for some folks a loaded question. I haven't lived at my parents' house for almost 20 years, right? So, you know, I don't even, that's not really my home. You know, I, for me, I always say home is where I'm with people that I love. But yeah, this this idea. So, you know, that also can make leaving for break, you know, a stressful time. And then, yes, exactly if it's not safe for you to go home, right? Mm -hmm. I know some working in higher education, I've definitely met many students who have found their safe space at the institution, at university, because they're accepted, you know, they've embraced the identity, you know, whether they've come come out or they, you know, are treated differently or found their community that they didn't have at back where they came from. And then the idea of having to go back to that is just terrifying. And yet they don't have anywhere else to, you know, go mm-hmm. or they're expected to go back. And so, you know, you add that layer. And so 
I guess, you know, the point of this uh, podcast and then before we get into like resources is just wanted to share with you listeners that if you're not looking forward to the break or if during the break you feel like, ugh, like I don't really want to be here or, you know, you ha- are having these, I guess, feelings that are not joyful, then to just let you know that that's valid, right? Like that's, I don't want to say that's normal, but that's, it's not unusual, right? And that there is this, right? You are reentering something new that you haven't been a part of for a while since you've been at CSU. So I'm hoping you can find solace in that because I know when I was in college, I thought I was just like an ungrateful asshole, right? And (laughs) like, I was just a really terrible child and I didn't love my family. And, you know, obviously having gone to you know, grad school and my experience and talking to colleagues like Vivian and other folks, I'm like, oh, this isn't just an isolated thing I experience. Everyone else experiences this. Okay, good. So I'm hoping that as you all listen to this, you, you know, you feel, okay, I feel validated in how I'm feeling. Just want to mention, you know, for some of us that might have been fostered or have been emancipated as teenagers, That's also a big question of, you know, what is home now when your residence hall has become your your home and there's really no nowhere else to go. So I know that we have a wonderful fostering success program at CSU that helps support uh, students to find places to go for break. But this is also true for international students, you know, where it's not easy to go home. So figuring out where to go on break and where to have break is also quite a thing because um, going back to one's home country is not really attainable. So yeah, you know, really trying to negotiate that or um, students that can't afford to go back to where they came from, even from the United States, like if you're living in Hawaii or Alaska, and maybe it's just not possible to go that far. So I just want to name that some of those things are things that we also need to work with. And there is a lot of support at CSU to try to figure out where is a place that you can land over break. So please reach out if that is your situation. Thanks, Vivian, for adding that. I really appreciate it. And that's a great segue um, as we kind of wrap up this topic is, and I'll turn it over to uh, Mia and then Sophie, what resources or um, an advice would you recommend to students to utilize as they're getting ready to leave for break and then maybe while they're on break? What could they utilize that might help with, you know, these feelings we've talked about, these experiences? For me, um, I say just practice self-care as much as that as you can, whether that's just writing in a journal, listening to your favorite kind of music, going outside, even if it's wherever you are, just chilling, chilling out, mellow out. I know sometimes it's hard, but you will get through it. I know firsthand. <laughs> it's definitely going to be rough at first, but you're going to thank yourself for taking at least five to ten minutes a day just to calm yourself down and just to be like, you know, I'm grateful that I'm alive. Sounds like some intentional, like decompressing Mm -hmm. and rest. I know, especially for me, when my friends and I all kind of were going into different states and we were all in different areas, it was definitely hard to stay in touch. So one thing we did, as silly as it sounds, is we would make sure to like schedule times to all FaceTime um, or we would do a Zoom call because not everyone has like the same type of phone. Um, and as silly and like, prof- like low-key professional as that sounds, because of time zone differences and just timing, it really worked super well. 
uh, to be able to have all of us meeting at once and knowing when everyone was going to be free. So we would do that to keep in touch, which was really great. And especially for my mental health, that was super helpful. And then more on the side of resources from CSU, I haven't utilized it personally, but I know a lot of friends who have used SilverCloud, which is a super awesome resource that if you haven't looked into or heard about, I definitely recommend um, looking it up. I found it and like have recommended it to friends by literally just Googling SilverCloud CSU and a bunch of information that comes up. It's a free service for students and my friends love it. I have different resources that I have just provided to me through like my parents in my hometown. So I haven't used it in that sense. But I know it's been really helpful for people, especially during those times when you're going home, you might be feeling a bit more isolated, you might be feeling a bit more under the weather, a little more depressed. It can be a really awesome resource. Thank you. Vivian, do you want to add anything? Yeah, I just wanted to um, say something that CSU does close for a couple of days, but actually it remains open. Many offices remain open. So if you find that there's an office here that you know, supportive of you, you can, of course, reach out and see if there's some support that you could get from whether it's um, continuing your counseling or leaning into a peer mentor program or some of the staff that you know. And then the other thing is I did actually stay at my university as an undergrad over break quite often because I needed to work and, you know, leaning into your friends that are local and I got lots of invitations sometimes to join my friends. And that was just really wonderful. And it was really wonderful to be with my friends um, that remained in the area. In my case, I was three states away. And because I needed to work over break, um, sometimes I really did need to stay close to my university. So that might be your situation for a variety of reasons. And I hope that you can lean into some of your friends and some of the community that is more than willing to host you and house you if you need to be off campus or find a place. These are great. I love all of the suggestions and the advice and resources. I want to plug a couple more that I think would also be helpful, especially if you're not around on campus. So Sophie mentioned Silver Cloud. There's U at CSU, which you can access via your RAM web. It's like the search engine for all mental health and well-being information at CSU, but also in the internet universe. And they definitely have articles on this topic. They have videos for mindfulness. You know, if you're like, I need something to help me to sleep, they have, they'll have articles or videos for that too. So that's a really great, easy way to find information. If you're like, I don't know where to look, try there. And then the other one is an app that's available for CSU students is called Nod, N-O-D. And it's an app that helps to um, helps the individual overcome social anxiety and mitigate loneliness by helping provide ideas on how to cultivate well, create and cultivate relationships. Um, And so I think about relationships shifting, like Vivian said, right? Like you expect people when you return back to be one way and expect you to be another way and you're not. And so that can create some tension. And so Nod is a great resource to help figure out like, okay, how do I navigate this? What are some talking points? How do I, you know, approach someone and pretty much say like, this is weird. And where do we go from here? Right. There's always that warming up period. Um, I think between folks when you haven't seen each other in a while, and then by the time you get back in your groove, you know, that's towards the end of the break. So I think Nod would be a really great resource. We'll have a link in our description of this session that you can all go to find all the resources we talked about. 
with that, I want to wish you all one. Thanks for tuning in as always. Please let us know if there's a topic you want to hear. There's an opportunity for you all to give feedback um, at the end of the session. So please listen for that. Um, I want to wish you all good luck as the semester wraps up. And I especially want to thank my three guests, Vivian, Sophie, and Mia. Thank you for taking the time to come and talk about your experiences, being really vulnerable. I appreciate it so much. I know the listeners do too. And with that, Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you the next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mental Health Musings podcast. You can find this episode and others on KCSU's website, the CSU Health Network's website, and Spotify. All links will be in the podcast description. Lastly, there is an evaluation survey that I encourage you to fill out. It's how we get better and to know what future topics to talk about. Those details are also in the description. Thanks again, everyone, and remember to be kind to yourself.